welcome to episode 158 of the Codex Prime podcast for Wednesday, March 27th, 2019. I am your host, Victor Omoyo, and with me as always is my co-host and social media chair, Carl Berg. What's going on, everybody? That's right. Uh, we got another new episode for y'all today. Uh, tonight's episode, we're going to be talking about Jordan Peele's sophomore feature, Us, the horror thriller which we'll get into a full-on spoiler discussion later on. So much to talk about, so much to unpack. Man, uh, it's 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 gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be hot. It's gonna be hot fire. Just break out your scissors, your pet rabbits, your best red jumpsuit, and we'll get it cracking. What you think? I should really have put a free. <laughs> I should really have made a picture of you just in the red jumpsuit holding the scissors and everything. <laughs> Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's going to be cool. So, you know, um, just tune in for that. Uh, right now we are live on YouTube. So the chat is live and open. Uh, be sure to drop in, leave a comment, chime in uh, throughout the episode as we go. Unless you're listening to this on SoundCloud or watching this uh, at some point later on. Um, yeah. Cool. Thank you for what. Thank you for watching and thank you for listening. Uh yeah, besides us, we got a got a few things to talk about. Some things we've been up to uh this past week. Um, as Carl is sharing the episode, I suppose I will start it off first. But before I do that, actually, let's take a quick moment to give a shout out to our sponsor, Studio Regent Headphones. Yes, if you want some high quality, affordable, and fashionable headphones, all you gotta do is go to studio.com and use the promo code Codex Podcast to get 15% off your purchase. And as always, Vic, free shipping in the USA. That's right. <laughs> I bet Brian and the UWO guys are like practicing. <laughs> I think I think they are. <laughs> and uh, Kyle Chapman is on the chat. Welcome, man. Speaking of UWO. <laughs> yes, you can catch UWO tonight right after our show. It's the double it's a double uh main event podcast weekly event. Um Kyle's a little sad. Uh she says she's knocked up. Uh, in reference to uh, JoJo Offerman, aka JoJo Wyatt. I'm so uh, I'm sad along with you, brother. Uh, congratulations are in order. She's having a kid, although Bray is going to be paying out the ass in child support with his, (laughs) with his previous family. So I just hope it was worth it. Oh, have you seen Jojo? You, you risk it all too. Shit. Okay. Child support is awful, man. Child support is, no, I would not do that. She's got WWE money once you don't, so I think that child would be okay. <laughs> even even so, man, you know, do you want to really end up like like Ric Flair, who's just basically doing events because he's broken? He's like, what has like three ex wives, two ex wives, or something like that. I think he's on his like fourth. Fourth shit. Yeah, do you want to end up like that guy? <laughs> I don't think so. But you know, things happen. Uh, you know. I, I I guess I guess uh, the UWO specifically Kyle will have to find another uh, thirst totem to, you know, you know drink Aquafina over. I guess I don't know thirst totem. <laughs> you know, right to send some motherfucker. You, I hope you like that picture I made of you. That, was, that I should post on. Oh, that was hilarious. That was, yep, yep, that's right. Risk it all. <laughs> See, y'all ain't right. Y- y'all ain't right, man. 
Y'all are lost, my brothers. No, we not. (laughs) But let's talk about uh, some stuff we've been up to uh, this past week. Um, For me, I've been up to a few things. I've been catching up on some comics. Um, I have completed uh, the... Uh, what are what are now apparently the final issues of Green Arrow? Um, issue fifty has uh, c- has just come out recently, and um, it's, it's it's sad that uh, that the, that this uh, series has come to an end. At least this uh, d- this current iteration of Green Arrow from the DC Rebirth uh, slash DC Universe run, but uh, I have here um, issue forty three. Uh, which is written by Julie and Shauna Benson. They've written issues 43 and 47. Uh, it's pretty cool. A uh, pretty cool uh, story arc which in which Green Arrow and Black Canary uh, have to deal with this mysterious villain called The Citizen who's uh, putting the top 1% of Seattle on blast, um, basically executing them publicly. So will, will Green Arrow be next? We'll have to tune in to find out. Also, here's uh, issue 44, which is a really awesome variant cover. Uh, pretty cool, pretty dope artwork right here. And uh, right here is issue 50, variant cover as well. Uh, issues 48 through 50 were written by Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing. Um, they did have multiple issues uh, planned uh, beyond the three, three that they wrote. Um, they had uh, they had introduced a new character. Um, they had some ideas of where Green Arrow and Black Canary would go. But unfortunately, since DC has now canceled the run, um, we've only gotten a taste of what uh, Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing Oh, uh, brought to the table with Green Arrow. But if you're if you've been if you've been catching up with uh, the series on on DC Comics, uh, by all means finish finish it off with uh, the the last few issues here. Uh, issue fifty is uh, also pretty cool. It has a it also has a qu- bit of a teaser for where not only Green Arrow but the larger uh, DC universe might go. Um, it raises raises some interesting questions. So it's interesting to see what DC will what seeds DC will be planting next. Um, yeah, thank you, thank you, Kyle. Definitely is a nice cover here. Issue fifty, uh, final issue you can pick up in stores now. Um, also, uh, yesterday uh, I went to Target and I bought the limited edition of DC's second good second best film in the DC EU, Aquaman. So yeah, since so this is the uh, the digibook edition, so it has a it's a lenticular cover. So if you turn it, uh, you got uh, Jason Momoa, aka not Roman Reigns, aka not Tamatanga, on the cover. And if you kind of turn it a little bit, you have a Black Manta on the cover as well. So it's a nice little lenticular effect. Um, it's a digibook edition. Um, it kind of matches the same uh, Target ed- exclusive edition of Wonder Woman, which came out a couple of years ago. So it has a so Aquaman, the Target edition, comes with a 64-page art book sample of uh, some of the, some cool concept art from uh, from the film. Um, it, like I said, this is a really cool. It's a really cool uh, uh, a DC a- action movie. Um, it's 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 colorful. It's loud. It's goofy. It's um, it's it's just a whole lot of fun. And I, and I think that you know. I think DC is on is really on the right track with Aquaman and with Wonder Woman, where they're taking, they're they're taking these uh, filmmaker driven um, approaches to these characters, and they're not obsessed with um, bridging it into like this one large shared cinematic universe. They're concentrating on telling good stories with these characters one at a time, 
And uh, yeah, so Aquaman is definitely worth getting straight out of out of Aquaconda. That's right, Aquaconda forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. And speaking of the DCEU, um, I, I'm, I, I'm hearing that Shazam is getting some really good reviews I've lately. been hearing that, too. Muscles Medea is, like, getting it. <laughs> Muscles Medea, yeah. I mean, I mean, Zach, Zachary Levi's uh, his costume, you know, definitely looks looks padded all to, all to get out. definitely padded. Like. Yeah, like, 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 like. I guess I guess like that kind of adds to the, maybe it'll play play way better in the actual film, but I'm su- surprised that it's gotten some really terrific reviews. Right now, it's sitting at 93% on Rotten Tomatoes with a total of 63 reviews so far, uh, published by critics. So I'm definitely gonna check that out when it when it drops on uh, the first week of April, and uh, hopefully DC will continue the streak if if a Shazam is is a is a good film. Um, other than other than that, uh, a couple more things. Um, there was a really cool streaming service that I really want to bring uh, to everyone's attention, and it's it is totally free. It's called Canopy uh, with a K, and uh, Canopy it's uh, free for all uh, uh, Providence Community Community Library card holders, as well as all college campuses in Rhode Island, as well as nationwide. Uh, Canopy is a free streaming service where you can you can watch from over thirty thousand films from all over the world, documentaries, indie films, classics, several Criterion collection uh, selections as well. Um, Canopy is also partnered with over four thousand public libraries and academic institutions from all over the country. So as long as you have a library card, you can watch it for free on your computer as well as uh, on your mobile device via the Canopy app. Uh, user, users users can watch up to eight films per month for free um, on, the, on the app or through the website. And yeah, I saw a couple of interesting films. Um, one I recommend is this, uh, this, uh, this film called Tana, uh, which is a really cool film uh, directed by Martin Butler and Bentley Dean. Uh, it's actually based on a true story. Um, it is uh, filmed on location on the island of Tana, which is uh, part of the island nation of Vanatu, which is about... Uh, 1,090 miles off the uh, east, eastern coast of northern Australia. And it's about this, um, this couple. It's kind of like a Romeo and Juliet type story where, where, the, where the man and the woman, they're, from, they're part of the same tribe, but yet, the, but yet the woman is supposed to be married off. The chiefs are supposed to marry this woman off to another member of a rival tribe to kind of bridge them together so they won't engage in war. But the but the couple decides to stay together and they're on the run and it's just beautifully shot all across uh, the um, all across the island of Tana like from this be- these beautiful like volcano shots um, shots in the jungle and, and the village uh, the the film was uh, shot with an with a cast of all non professional actors so it's like the actual tribes people um, indigenous indigenous tribes people really cool film it's just one of many films you can watch on Canopy. And another doc and another film that I watched was this really cool documentary uh, called Keddy, which is uh, a documentary on stray cats in Istanbul. That's pretty random. It is, but it's actually pretty cool because, like in in Istanbul, Turkey, um, there's so, they're like thousands and thousands of stray cats. So much so that the documentary focuses on like the all these cats in like the community that kind of that cares for them. So like these stray cats will like kind of wander into people's like stores or like homes and people just like you know just kind of take care of them you know a little bit and then just wander away and 
in all this. I'm just curious how that how something as random as that just catch your eye. I because I, I actually heard about that documentary. Uh, it came out in 2016, and um, it was one. It was a documentary. I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting, but I just never got around to watching it. So I was thinking, okay, why not? Since it's on Canopy, I'll just check it out. And it's actually a pretty d- pretty delightful film. Like it kind of spotlights like different. Uh, different stray cats and like they have their little personalities and like the people that kind of care for them like there's this one cat who's described as the neighborhood psychopath uh, basically because like this female cat like she has a husband that she keeps in check where like anytime the other female cats approach him the neighborhood psychopath just chases them off and hisses hisses at them when she eats she she kind of like scares off her husband so she can have all most of the food to her, herself while he eats the crumbs um so that's one those are that's those are those are some type of cats there there's another type there's another type of cat that's um stalking the um restaurants at this waterfront because this this restaurant has has a bit of a mice problem so this cat takes it upon itself to just like be the resident rat catcher mouse hunter and (laughs) yeah and this and this this black cat just like you know kind of keeps keeps the uh keeps the restaurant rat free so it's 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 just two little delightful stories out of many in the film. So if you're if you're a cat person or even if you're not a cat person, check out Ketty. It's a really cool documentary. Um, it was also you can also catch it on YouTube, I think, as well. You can rent it there, but you can watch it for free on Canopy as well. So it's pretty cool. I, I really liked it a lot. Um, and uh, last thing, uh, I did have some very brief thoughts on last night's. Ep- episode of smackdown live um which i i tuned in i tuned in for literally two minutes because i i just i came i just came home like a bit a bit late from class and then i was like okay let's let's see what's on smackdown right now so i turned it on to watch aj and uh aj styles and kurt angle mix it up but then it was two minutes long which i think was for the best because kurt angle yeah i know it it hurts just watching him it it does hurt. It hurts just watching them. Even even though I will say it was it was kind of cool seeing him and Chad Gable kind of mix it up in their little exhibition. You could tell Chad Gable had to slow his wrestling down to a crawl yeah, just so Kirk can keep up. And yeah. yikes! Um, but 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 when I watched that, I was like, oh, okay. But then I saw something that really upset me, something that really annoyed me to no end. So much so that in the Codex UWO group chat. I posted a couple of gifs of PC principal spazzing out because that's how mad I was. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Asuka has jobbed out to Charlotte. In all fairness, it was a very good match. Was it? It was a, it was a good match. Mm, okay. A small consolation, I suppose. Um, and, and Kyle will be going off tonight on that, so I'll save, I'll save most of the vitriol for him. In the, and I'm sure it was going to be a Burial of the Week segment, but I will say this. Uh, uh, Oscar, I mean Charlotte becoming a, a now eight-time women's champion, and you know just going over on Oscar's expense. I mean, for one thing, Oscar was n- was never utilized properly, even when she became SmackDown Women's Champion. She was barely on the show. She was she was missing from SmackDown for weeks on end. Even though she tapped out Becky Lynch clean at the at this year's Royal Rumble, no capitalizing on that. Uh, Mandy Rose got a clean pin over Asuka as well, and then Charlotte taps her out with the figure eight, and that's the that's that's the story of Asuka's SmackDown tight championship reign. Um, 
it, it, this is another lay, uh, another example of overbooking the main event, which is Ronda versus Becky versus Charlotte. You don't need both women's belts. It's obvious that they're kind of trying to go for maybe some kind of like unification deal. That's what I've been hearing. Or I think I think it's obvious that they, they, that they really want the historic quote unquote photo op with the four horsewomen holding up their respective championships after after that match with Becky winning the championship, Charlotte with her SmackDown championship, and then. Uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey holding up the women's tag team championships to close out WrestleMania, and then the fireworks would go off like, "Oh, history, history, women, uh, yay!" Like, you had history right there with when it was just Ronda and just Becky, and this is just as this has been an overbooked mess. It does nothing. It does no favors for the rest of the women's division because now you're building it around around uh around Charlotte, around Becky, and. I was going to say Ronda, but it's, it seems likely that Ronda's going to take time off after WrestleMania, so you really can't say her. Um, I, I, just, I, just think it's, I just think it sucks. And, 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 what, and, what hurt, and what hurts is that this overbooking of that whole angle hurts my enthusiasm of Becky Lynch a, a little. So even when she wins, I'm just, I'm just going to be like, cool. Like, all my enthusiasm is strictly on Kofi. Um. Well, Becky went off on Twitter about oh, it. Oh, did she? Yeah, wow. Yeah, that raised, that raised a bit. <laughs> so Charlotte tweets out, um, this means a lot, number eight. Thank you, Oscar, the most talented woman I've ever shared the rings with. Mm. So Becky shares it and says, there goes Charlotte with her empty corporate empowerment speak again. <laughs> as long as you're the only one who's empowered, though, Aisha. Oh. <laughs> hey. I love Becky. I mean, yeah. I love Becky on Twitter. Yeah, Becky is savage. Kayfabe or not, that's savage work right there. But, hey, kayfabe or not, Becky's speaking the truth there. I mean, it's obvious that, you know, when you're the daughter of one of the greatest wrestling legends of all time, who's a 16-time champion, uh, and, and Charlotte's like, what, how, how long has she been wrestling? Like, what, maybe five, six years? More than that, maybe like more, seven. Like seven, around that? And she's already an eight-time champion. That kind of averages out at this point to like one championship every year. Yeah, so but it's like, pretty much like because you know what it is like. Women don't, women don't last as long mm-hmm. in the WWE because they try to keep them as young, so keep them as young and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they all go off and you know they have kids. They have they want to start their families yada. So it's like, yeah. say, if Charlotte wants to do that, and they want to do that with Charlotte, you just gotta. All right, let's get it while we can. Let's get it while we can, hmm. pretty much. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, okay, there, there might be some validity to that. Um, yeah. You know, even so, that being the case, it kind of, you know, it, it, it just kind of reeks of, of obvious favoritism, and it kind of shortchanges the rest of the women's division. And, and, and also, too, like with both Raw and SmackDown, you only really need one belt because there's not enough talent on on either show to go around for one belt. There's plenty of talent on both shows. They just you just don't see them all. Well, let's see. Let's see. SmackDown has well has Becky Lynch, Oscar, the Iconics, Mandy Rose, Sonya Deville, Naomi. The tie is on Raw, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, Carmella. But when I think about it, like almost all but oh, almost all but what? Maybe two, three of the champions. I, I think I mentioned Naomi. Yeah. yeah. And then Raw has the Riot Squad. Uh, Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke. Nia Jax. Natalia, Nia Jax, Tamina. Yeah. Um, Nikki Cross still playing on both. 
Yeah. Uh, Lacey Evans, wherever does she decide, whenever she decides to actually go to the ring, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> instead, uh, instead of pulling a freaking Grandpa Simpson walk in and walk right out. Every time she does that on the Wrestle Fantasy Warfare threads, I just post that gift. Yeah, because it's just pretty much accurately described to describe that. Shout out to Janelle from HR for pointing that out to me. <laughs> uh, and and of course Sasha Banks and Bailey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess maybe. Yeah, but uh, kind of pose when the best duo on the WWE is mentioned. I cut it. <laughs> it just sucks when I mute the TV. I can still hear them. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> I posted in Wrestle Fantasy Warfare too. It was like I took a picture with him. I said, "You want to if you're you know you're a wrestling fan if you want to mute this picture." Yeah, pretty much. Like you instinctively hit the mute button when they ever whenever uh, they appear. And Eddie Road, shout out to Eddie Road Dog. He had his game of crew on um, Party Nerds um, last night. Mm-hmm. Great episode about you know where gaming is going to be going within like the next five years because we know with the new uh, the announcements of uh, Google Stadia and now Apple is going to be having it, their video um, video gaming um, streaming service mm. like what does the future hold? Yeah, yeah, that's it's going to be. A, I got to send that to you. You would definitely enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely want to check that out. See some interesting changes in the gaming landscape. And I just don't want them to. Get, honestly, I don't want them to get rid of uh, hard copies. Yeah. I just always enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. And like getting video games for Christmas back in the day. Yeah, I used to love that. And yeah. then one day, one day, if I if there's some offsprings that I have, mm-hmm. I want to be able to do that for them. Yeah. I want to see them unwrap some games and stuff and lose their mind. Yeah, instead of like. Here's a promo code. Here's a download code. You can't even buy those at GameStop no more. <laughs> oh, you can't? You can, yeah. You literally have to, like, download them right then and there. Oh, wow. And they're like, all right, here's your Christmas present. Hold on. <laughs> you have this game now. Like, the... yeah, it's, not, it's nowhere near it's the same. It's not the same. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and especially if, if, like, streaming services lose the licenses for the games and they, they get taken down. What yeah. do you do? <laughs> exactly. At least, like, with a physical game, regardless, I own that shit. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah. And what if a freaking power like a outage or something goes down? True. Yeah, servers go down sometimes. You know what I mean? And then I just lose all my sh no. Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, I can't go for that. Um certain things like I like uh my memory of the certain games and I can kinda deal with that. Mm-hmm. I mean obviously obviously I'd be pissed. Yeah. But Losing the whole entire game that you paid for, yeah, that that would that would make me. Yeah, happy. I heard that happen to like a lot of Xbox games. Oh really? Yeah, and Xbox is pretty much going; they're going all digital. Oh wow! Yeah, I I I I, I can't rock with the all digital. Uh, yeah, I'll let you. I'm a for. I'm gonna send you that episode. Nice one hour long episode, but those guys do a really good job. Check out the party nerds. Um, right on. You still got more on what you've been um, up to? Uh, that's about it. Um, I just got an email from our uh, friend of the show and supervillain, John Haponic. Oh, Jesus. His review on Captain Marvel. So we're going to wait. He already that. did. Didn't he already review it? Uh, no. He sent a full review. So I'll, I'll read that after uh, oh, at the man. end of this show. Oh, God. <laughs> you can watch us. <laughs> Yeah, I I told him he could he should watch us, but he was like, "Nah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with Captain Marvel because I might as well." <laughs> but 
But anyways, a very little bit that I've been up to, um, I picked up the uh, Spider-Man City at War number one comic book that came out this past week. It's written by Dennis Hopeless Hallam, the art by uh, Michael Bandon, and the cover art by Clayton Clayton Croyne. Mm-hmm. And it's basically it's the comment that is based off the two, 2017 uh, Spider-Man um, 2017 PS4 exclusive Spider-Man game. And it tells an abridged version of the story. A little something for the Xbox gamers since y'all couldn't really play the game or get the game. We got a comic for you that will basically tell the story. Mm-hmm. It's, to- it's totally the same experience. <laughs> I just 100% at that point in that game again. Yeah. I got into it from four in February, and then I just like you know what? I just want to fit a hundred percent it again. Yeah, and then I end up taking like not just the you know regular pictures that you would take, but there's also secret photos that you gotta take that you can take mm-hmm. around the city. So I end up taking you know catching all those with the help of Google. I didn't know where all them bitches were. Yeah, they don't tell you, and they just you just happen to be there. Yeah. So then also is a show that I checked out on Netflix. That I hope we were hopefully we can review next week. Yep. It's called Love, Death, and Robots. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's an adult animated se- anthology series produced by Joshua Darwin, David Fincher, Jennifer Miller, and Tim Miller. Yep. And each episode is was animated by different crews from different countries, all containing the all containing the the themes love, death, and robots. I like it. Yep. Each episode is actually less than 20 minutes, so you can get through it. You can get through the whole entire series in, like, one sitting. Oh, nice. That's pretty much good, what, two, three episodes of, like, Orange is the New Black or whatever? Yeah, pretty much. 18 episodes. Like, I think those small, the shortest episodes like, five minutes. Nice. I think the, and the longest runs for about 20. Mm, okay. Maybe a little less than 20. All types of different animation styles, all just raunchy. It is right up your alley. Oh, I love it. I love it already. It, it really is. Okay. All right. Gory Vines. There's some ones I really like, too. A couple of celebrities are featured in it. Mm-hmm. And pretty enticing stories, too. Like, I really I really hope we get a chance to get into it next week. Oh, yeah. It'll be, fun. It'll be, it'll be a nice, fun breakdown for it. Yep. So, the, and then also, well, one of my favorite podcasts I love to listen to is uh, Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Mm-hmm. Um... I kind of got caught up to my weekly podcast, so I just decided to go back into the archives and went through. Uh, actually, this week this week's was actually good. It was WrestleMania ten. Oh, okay. It was fun. It was a, that was a fun listen. Hmm. But um, I just decided, huh? What do you? What does he have to say about WrestleMania fifteen? No, yeah, that show. <laughs> that show. I mean, it was certain things that I literally had some good laughs at, like. Um, one thing, this okay. This ain't really um, funny, but they said um, they talked. Up, they mentioned the uh, WrestleMania Rage Party that happened the night before, mm-hmm. and Big Pun was performing. Okay, and he was like, "No joke, we had to use a forklift to get him on the stage." God damn, <laughs> that's. <laughs> but wow. it was like he went. But then Conrad's like, he weighed just as much as Yokozuna. He's like, okay, but Yoko was athletic. Yeah, he was. Man, that's sad, man. Yeah. Man. I was like, I couldn't believe it, but then I believed it. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, Big Pun died of being overweight. The same time as Yokozuna, I think? Yeah, it was like 2000. 2000. Yeah. 
I know it's like February 2000. I, I'm pretty sure it's the same time. Hold on. Yeah, look that I'm gonna up. I'm going to look that up. But Because uh, I remember like shortly after Big Pun passed, like his second album dropped po- posthumously. Uh, it was mm. called Yeah Baby. I, I like that album. Okay, I, Yokozuna died in um October. Okay. Same year, though. Yep, October 2000. Okay. But, oh, my God, if... He actually, but that episode actually made me go on the network and just watch like some bits and pieces of it, mm-hmm. like the Sable versus Tory match. Oh my god! <laughs> Watching Sable getting potatoed, and you can actually see Sable like complaining to the ref about it during the match. Uh. <laughs> and then, if you don't remember, that was the debut of Nicole, the late Nicole Bass. Oh, that's right. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. I I remember like she was like stalking Val Venus. That was like her main thing. Yeah, she ended up kissing Val Venus, and Val Venus like liked it. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, and then they made they made some comment too that just really had me like laughing in tears. It was just like, yeah, Nicole Val talking about her, and he's like, yeah, but Nicole was trained. There's someone similar, to, but he's like, oh, it's similar to Ahmed Johnson. Yeah, but Ahmed Johnson was actually trained. Nicole wasn't. Excuse mm-hmm. me. He goes. So Conrad goes, I'm in with Who the hell claimed that shit? Michael Hayes. He's <laughs> <was> like, what? <laughs> He's like, yeah, Michael Hayes brought in uh, Michael Hayes brought in Ahmed Johnson. Wow. The first black intercontinental champion. That's right. He is. And he his promos are the stuff of legend. <laughs> Who would you rather listen to? An uninterrupted hour of Ultimate Warrior or an uninterrupted hour of Ahmed Johnson promos? God damn, that's that's like yep. a... And you have to answer. You know how I am with hypotheticals. Damn, man. That's like that's like pick your poison, literally. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Uh you know what? You know what? Just just for the laughs, I'll just go with Ahmed Johnson. Really? I would have chose Warrior. You know, people would say Warrior. Because Warrior like, I would like get amped up for. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the hell you talk about. Oh my god, the freaking WrestleMania six uh plane crashed promo. Yeah, I, I couldn't make that out. I, I couldn't decipher what he was trying to say. And I ended up turning into a comic. It did. He had his own comic in the 90s, I remember. Yeah, and the number one issue was based off of that promo. That explains. It was him just rambling, fighting off, I don't even know. Hmm. What in, it was after a plane crash. Okay. That's it. That I, was it. I got the first two issues. <laughs> Just because they're the first two issues of the Warrior comic, hmm. I think that sums up the Warrior comic right there. Yeah, I do got his. I do got a. I do got his. Um, an autographed copy of his. Uh, um, thing shoot interview that was hmm. done by Ringside put Ringside Collectibles. Hmm. Yo, know, the day he died, I I paid what thirty bucks for it. Hmm. Years ago, I checked eBay. I checked it the day he died. Went up to like five hundred. Wow. Hey. It was only like a thousand made. Like, and they were. Authentic. Hey, are are your are your warrior comics still in good condition? Mm-hmm. Hey, make a quick buck right there. Man, I gotta get them CGC, but they're not autographed, so it's like whatever. Yeah. How about those two choices of an of an uninterrupted hour, Ronda Rousey, <laughs> <laughs> where she can't catch her breath. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Just to see an uninterrupted hour of Ronda Rousey cutting a promo in front of a live crowd, and she's getting thrown off constantly when they're booing her. Oh my god! That's actually comedy. It's cringy comedy, <laughs> it that's for sure. Cringy. It's like, oh, ooh. 
Yeah. But then another thing about that particular WrestleMania 15 was the hanging of the big boss man. I was going to ask about that. The, oh, he was just like, first of all, they're like, Conrad's just asking, did y'all like rehearse this like the day of? He's like, no, nah, we did it that day. Wow. And obviously, Big Boss, he was hung like from the back, right? You can from the see. back, yeah. yeah. You, can sell, you can tell there was like a gimmick. Yeah. Like, oh, and not to mention freaking the gimmick handcuffs in the beginning of the match broke. <laughs> well, like you obviously saw that was broke. So it's like every shot that they had, they caught all the wrong stuff. Uh, <laughs> like the cameraman just happened to catch the wrong stuff. Can't blame the cameraman. They were told where to shot. Just that everything that bad that everything bad that could happen mm-hmm. happened. Yeah. And the cameraman just happened to catch it. Damn, that's like Murphy's Law right there. Oh, oh. And then if you notice at the end of the match for the quote unquote hanging, yeah, no, well, hold on, I'll get to that. Yeah. The brood, Edge, mm-hmm. Christian, and Gangro. Yep. They ascend from they descend from the ceiling. Right. They actually show at so when they were done with it, they go back up to the ceiling. Mm-hmm. You see Christian going up fine. You see Ed, you see Gangrel going upside. Mm-hmm. Cameraman caught it. Edge got stuck. <laughs> <laughs> and he's just like, I can't believe we shot this. I'm like, this hell, this piece of shit just needs to end. Like, that's how bad it was. <laughs> it was so cringe. He was talking about how cringeworthy it was. For, it was so bad that I just had to go back on the network and watch it. I'm like, wow, this is bad. Now I want to like, see it. <laughs> and then not to mention, yeah, remember. They quote unquote killed Big Boss Man. Mm-hmm. Wrestled the next next night on Raw. I do remember that. <laughs> <laughs> he died. I'm like, he died. Yeah. Now, now, would you say like that was probably Undertaker's worst WrestleMania match? No. Oh, what what would, what would that be? Nine Giant Gonzalez. Oh, that's right. I blocked. I I, I literally blocked that out of my brain. Oh, because I was getting ready to say either that. Or his match with uh, A-Train and Big Show at WrestleMania 19. That was okay. Yeah. That was okay. Nathan Jones. That was a... <laughs> he was at Comic-Con with an empty table. But... Uh, but, um... Oh, man. Where was I going with that? You threw me off. <laughs> oh, no. Like, yeah. I'm, it's, probably, it's payback. I do it to you all the time. But, oh, yeah. um... Oh, yeah. Like, Big Boss Man wrestled the next night on Raw. Yeah, he, he, Bruce was saying, like, yeah, I felt so bad for him because Undertaker and Boss Man are two great workers. Mm-hmm. And they just didn't deserve what happened to them that night. But they they tried their best and all that. But yeah, but he was like, but Undertaker, still to this day, he cusses me out about Giant Gonzalez. Eh, it's hard to blame him for that. I mean, Giant Gonzalez, you know, RIP and all, but ugh. Ugh. Should make a video. Make a nice Victor Memorial reaction video. You rewatching rewatching WrestleMania nine. I don't know if I want to. Yeah, you do. <laughs> It'll be fun. Is It'll it, be entertaining. I mean, WrestleMania nine is like it, one of the worst WrestleManias ever. Yeah, it, it, it's like the only thing I love. The only reason why I love that WrestleMania so much was just because of the setting. Yeah, it, the it setting was, was like dope. it was the first outdoor WrestleMania. Yeah, it was. It had like the whole Roman Coliseum. Yeah, theme. the Caesar's Palace. Yeah, it was at Caesar's Palace. Yeah, and just that's the only thing I liked about it. Yeah, yeah. I think. Oh, he did. He did an episode on that too. Oh, I'm sure he did. I think that, I remember that. Wasn't that Jr.'s uh, first his debut in WWE? Yeah. yeah, he was in a toga. Yep. <laughs> yeah, man, WrestleMania nine. 
See, I see. I don't know. Like in terms of like bad television, would I rather watch that the whole of WrestleMania nine, or a sixty minute Iron Man match between Nia Jax and Tamina with overtime? What would be worse? Damn it, I got an answer too. Ooh. <laughs> Give me nine. Nine. Yeah. Uh, I'll take nine. <laughs> I'll take nine. Wise choice. I, I thought you were going to say Nia Jackson Tamina for 60 minutes. I mean, we'll do that, but then I'll just take, I, I can probably, I can do that too. And then I'll just take my mind off elsewhere into a realm of thirst and then just, it'll just and I'll kind of just entertain my, just make some fun out of it. Oh, geez. Drinking game every time they botch. Now you die. No. <laughs> Oh, boy. Oh, Nia Jax. The Eva Marie version 2.0. She ain't that bad. Leave my baby. Leave my woman alone. <laughs> oh, man. Any, anything else on I'm pretty <laughs> much There is. Well, I did pick up a tree. Oh, damn. My back's all the way over there. But Okay. So you got some new trades coming down the pike. Well, I'm currently, re- I'm currently reading... Uh, because I finished Killmonger's volumes one through f- well, numbers one through five, mm-hmm. which I highly recommend you do because it actually tells the story of how he got from his rough upbringing and how he got to uh, Wakanda yeah. to face Black Panther, and you pretty much know the story. Yeah. I'm actually, and it tells you like if you really want to follow the story, I'm reading the Rise of the Black Panther, which mm-hmm. is a uh, written by written by Evan Narcisse and consult them Tanahisi Coates one of my favorite co- one of my favorite writers actually serves as the uh, as a consultant artist by uh, Paul Renaud and Javier Pena with uh, Edgar Salazar and Keith Champagne enjoying mm-hmm. it it's actually telling some of the story of T'Chaka and then the transition from T'Chaka to T'Challa over there and he actually tells a story about T'Challa's mother Okay. Remember, Ramonda's not T'Challa's mother. That's right. It's his stepmother. And then it actually makes reference to um, Azuri, which is T'Challa's grandfather. And I just happened to pick in. They actually tell the story of how. Yeah, this tree I'm picking up. It actually, it briefly, well, it briefly mentions in here how Captain America got the vibranium. Mm hmm. To create his shield, to get his shield, and it Ooh. tells the story. And the editor's note said to pick up Captain America, Black Panther, uh, flags of our fathers, and this actually breaks down the full story on how um, how Captain America gets the vibranium. Okay, so I'm definitely gonna be I'm gonna be like looking forward to reading those as well because I'm just damn it, I'm spend way too much money on comics. Hey man, so, I love it. Yeah, so do I, man. I I got a lot to. Catch up on yeah, it, Reagan so. said to get your ass over to Rock Cocos. <laughs> yeah, I, I was there the other, uh, just last week, actually. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, so hopefully he'll have more down the pike. Oh, yeah, DC Comics 1000 came out today. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to pick it up this this weekend. Uh, yeah, I already got mine on hold. Nice. Nice. I know there's, like, many different variant covers of there's that like issue. T- Ooh. Ten? I'm really just throwing a number out there. Wow. Yeah, now I gotta pick which one I should get. I know, right? Yeah. All right. Cool. Cool. So, uh, anything else on? Uh... <laughs> oh no, I'm good at my end. Freaking yeah. Eddie. <laughs> Eddie's having me dying right now. Oh man. 
Let's see. Uh, Eddie Rodog says uh, an Iron Man match between Nia and Tamina would be worse to watch because at least Mania Nine had a good first two matches. Then it went to hell. Undertaker getting freaking what did he, he had suff- he got getting suffocated to with ether. I think it was something like that, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Man. WrestleMania nine. What a show. What a show. The whole Yokozuna Hulk Hogan Bret Hart thing. Yeah, that Oh Brett was so pissed from that. Uh yeah. Only for Hogan to well. Bruce, okay, from what Bruce said, Hogan was going on an international tour mm-hmm. before he was leaving WCW, leaving for WCW. So why not just throw the belt on him mm-hmm. just so he can be champion for the tour? Wow, that, that, that was just yeah, that did Bret Hart no favors. Just Not like at all. Short. That's segment. why they. That's why they made WrestleMania ten Bret's night. Mm. Okay, definitely made up for it. You know, a classic match between Brett and Owen as, as the opener. That was golden. When yeah. Brett, you know, when Owen wins in the beginning, but then it went gold. Then it, when Owen comes out at the end after Brett wins, mm-hmm. everybody's telling him, come on in, come on in. And just, he's like, no, mm-hmm. that should be me. Yep. That was a great story right there. Oh, yeah. It's set up, it's set up for that perfect summer, which which led to SummerSlam 94. Which we need to, I don't think they did an episode of that. I would like to hear that one. Mm. Yeah. But anyways. Right on. So yeah, let's get into the main topic. Uh, us, we're about to get into some spoilers. Uh, before we get into Jordan Peele's sophomore feature, let's give another quick shout out to our sponsor, Studio Regent Headphones. That's right. As always, if you want high quality, affordable, and fashionable headphones, all you got to do is go to studio.com and use the promo code Codex Podcast to get 15% off your purchase at checkout. And as always, free shipping in the USA. UWO boys, y'all, but we're going to give you, we're going to give y'all the spot for our sponsors. Oh, yeah. Y'all better rip it. That's right. That's right. You got, you got time to practice. <laughs> So, yes, uh, we're going to get into some spoiler, a spoiler-filled discussion slash review of Jordan Peele's Us, um, his, his new uh, horror, horror film, horror thriller feature. Um, if you have seen Us, please stick around for the discussion because we're going to get into some of the what we thought, or the themes, what we think it's trying to say. Theories. Theories as well. Um, if you haven't seen the film, then... It, we're gonna get into we're gonna get into full spoilers, so be sure to just like either mute this if you're watching, or watch the film and then come back and uh, and watch our discussion. Uh, so yes, yeah, spoilers commence uh, in in a bit. We'll let you know once we give the synopsis and our initial thoughts. So yes, us. It's a new film by Jordan Peele, written and directed by. Uh, stars of dude, you were just like straight smiling about it. You could not <laughs> wait for this. I know. He was like, he texted me on Saturday. Did you see us? I, I did. We're gonna talk about it, right? Yes, Victor. We're <laughs> talking about this. Victor. Yes. I was like getting ready to text you, like, okay, I see us, so we're gonna talk about it. I'm like, you see the Friday morning, didn't you? Uh, no, I saw it Saturday. Oh, so I beat you to it. Yeah, you did. Because oh, Friday I had to work. First. Yeah, Friday I had to work. So yeah. Me too. What's your excuse? Yeah, it's work in the morning. Me too. What's your excuse? I'm not paying evening prices for tickets. I saw it in the daytime. Seriously. What? It's $2 more? Nah. Nah. What is the, what are matinee prices nowadays? I know matinee prices are like 10 
something it's like 1025 or 1075 i think yeah evening's 1325 that's too much since being 35 and you call me cheap <laughs> Hey, it's, it's being fiscally responsible. But anyway, fickle. fickle. <laughs> uh, so, yes, Us, um, it's a brand new film by Jordan Peele. Stars Lupita Nyong'o, Winston Duke, uh, Shahadi Wright-Joseph, uh, Evan Alex, Elizabeth Moss, and Tim Heidecker. Uh, the story is uh, Lupita Nyong'o plays a woman named Adelaide Wilson, and, um, and she's a... Uh, and she's a mom of two kids. She's married to Winston Duke. Uh, and uh, their family, they're being terrorized by a group of doppelgangers who look and uh, who look exactly like them. Sound, well, they don't sound exactly like them. They do not sound anything like them at all. Um, <clears throat> so uh, so this, this group of doppelgangers are terrorizing uh, Adelaide's family for unknown reasons. Um yeah, uh, the tethered. That's what actually, that's actually what they're called. Yes, the tethered. Um, as as you find out uh, throughout the film, and then you find out why uh, the tethered are terrorizing not only uh, this family but many others. So, so Carl, uh, what did you think of us? I enjoyed it. I mean, my screening was annoying because I had to deal with a whole bunch of Fortnite tweens sitting right behind us. Oh. Thinking that they know what they're talking about. And I'm like, you know, this is probably their first time listening to I Got Five on it. So if you don't shut down. Oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, man. But other than the, other than the Fortnite tweens, like, I was... And what, what's another thing? We was like, how the hell did they get tickets to see this movie? I'm like, they probably bought them online. Yeah. That's probably that's probably what they did. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't check IDs no more. No? Wow. But... Well. I thought I I enjoyed the movie. Like I tried to hang on as much as possible because knowing how Jordan Peele makes his writes his movies and makes his movies is like you have to see it more than once. Absolutely, yeah. To get different, because you're gonna miss something. Yep. Yeah, you, you are definitely gonna miss it in the first shot. I w- wish I could see it, but time just prevented me from doing so. Mm-hmm. But all in all, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Like, I was, like, pretty much at the... It was like I was sitting in that comfortable pose where you just, like, hand on a, your arm rested on the, on the uh, armrest, mm-hmm. and, like, you barely blink. Yeah. Because you're trying to... Like, you... Well, for the sake of the show, as well as for myself, like, I wanted to try to catch as much details as possible mm-hmm. to understand it. And no matter what, it's still... It still left unanswered questions. Yeah. But what I like about that is because it creates dialogue. Oh, yeah. Yes, it does. As what we're doing today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I absolutely loved this movie. And uh, this movie kept me tense uh, throughout. Like, I was just, like, clutching clutching my seat through 90% of it. Um the the ending just like the just like the pacing and and like from the cinematography and the use of the music um the the i got 5 on it has never sounded as haunting as it does in this in this movie uh it, it was just amazing lupita nyong'o was absolutely incredible uh, in her dual role uh as adelaide and red the name of the, her tethered clone uh her voice was just pure nightmare fuel um like <sighs> Like just just everything about it, the, the tension and, and also the themes, like what the film is saying, like the the ending the ending really made me think. I was like, huh, 
hmm, I had to really sit and mull it over because I knew I, 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 I didn't have time to watch it twice. So I actually uh, went out and uh, read uh, four really cool articles about I the caught, like, one. Yeah. Like time is so evil. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but I'm a, I'm gonna post links to these uh four articles that I had a chance to read, um, about us. Like there was one from uh Shadow and Act, uh this this website that which deals with uh covers black film, um which had an excellent uh explanation about the ending of what it of what it might mean. Um, there was another uh article from the Hollywood Reporter called uh There Are No True Monsters in Us, written by Joelle Monique. Another one uh, by Slash Film, the Slash Film cast. It was a discussion between two of their uh, uh, hosts. And there was one by Collider uh, talking about the ending uh, as well. So I'm going to post the links of those uh, articles in the episode description uh, after this episode, after our episode of the podcast. But yeah, reading, but yeah, having a chance to read those articles and and thinking, thinking back on the ending, I was like, man, wow, Jordan Peele, yo, bravo. Like he... I think he stepped up. He stepped up his game considerably from Get Out, and Get Out was already incredible. Really, I actually would consider like, and I heard this on the Brilliant Idiots podcast because Charlamagne had an exclusive screening for it, mm-hmm. and he before this was last week, so he didn't spoil it or anything for me. Mm-hmm. But he said like, if Get Out was his was Jordan Peele's Good Kid, Mad City, mm-hmm. this would definitely be his To Pimp a Butterfly. Oh, yeah, that's that's a good that's a good analogy. I will say I do like Get Out. A, Tad bit better, mm-hmm. okay. Just like, but but the thing is, but well, to Pippa Butterfly, I enjoyed. It. I listened to it a lot more, yeah, than I did Good Kid, Mad City. Mm-hmm. But I always say that's like a a good way for the hip, a good way to describe it as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's like, and it's like with just like with those two albums by Kendrick Lamar, like Get Out and Us, like you can you can easily make a case as like one might be better than the other in your opinion, yeah, because like they're both high quality like high concept horror films that have like they're not just about scares like they're about like these messages that kind of that are interwoven in in the actual meat of the film it's yeah. not preaching at you it's not hitting you hitting you over the head it's not like a Tyler Perry movie in that way it's actually engaging your brain you know and it's not making you dumber for watching it like a Medea movie but uh leave that man alone <laughs> Uh, I'm I'm sorry, but but Tyler Tyler Perry is the Nia Jax of filmmakers. You just... you dog this man <laughs> so much, you do realize that whether you love or hate his films, mm-hmm. you still went out, yeah, and you still paid money. Mm-hmm. Well, at the to time... see no, you did. Well, no, at the time I had Movie Pass. There were still, but even before Movie Pass, there were still movies that you went out. And you paid money to see. So regardless whether you loved the movie or you hated it for two hours like you did in that one Victor's Corner, mm-hmm. you somehow, you still supported it. So? You, he's t- he's taking the little bit of money that he got from you mm-hmm. and just wiping it and say, oh my God, Victor hates me. That's That's fine. It's fine. Hey, it's not a big deal. Like, he's going to be making millions whether or not I you see his films. Exa- but here's the thing. You knew that you don't like him. You know that. Uh, so but, why bother going? You but, literally went just to hate. That's not giving an honest criticism. That's just hate. No, it's not. That listen, is hate. <laughs> listen, 
Listen, I, like I've I, like I've clarified on this podcast before, his Medea movies are trash. I can do without them. It's it's his dramas, his quote unquote dramas that you got to really look out for because that's where his real niche is. Because his dramas are so over the top, so poorly written, so badly acted, so hol- unintentionally hilarious. They're they're worth watching. Go, yeah, you still go. If you I, know you're not going to like it, don't go. I've, I've never been to a Tyler Perry movie except for Acrimony in theaters. The other ones, I like, the only other movie I've seen from him, like, or, or a non-media movie I've seen from him was Temptation. And Temptation is, woo, that shit was hilarious. In fact, I remember why, I remember watching it. I just, it's not, it's not as memorable. To, it's not memorable to me. Like, I used to be a Tyler Perry fan because I was able to, like, relate to it. Yeah. You know, church, you know, church family stuff. I grew up in a church family. I'm, uh, I'm a church boy. Yeah. Like, so yeah. it's like, and a lot of character. Hey, trust me. It's been, I don't go to church as much as I used to. <laughs> don't trip. He ain't through me. God ain't through me yet. Right. But, <laughs> oh, man, but you talking to somebody who had to go, let me see. I went to church Sunday. Mm-hmm. Went to church. Bible study on Wednesday. Okay. Uh, my family had a singing group, so I had to go to their rehearsals and stuff on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Then I had a youth service on Friday. Then I had children's choir on Saturday. Damn. And then back again, repeat. Yeah, that's 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 that sounds. And don't let us have a revival or a conference or one of them <laughs> double services. <laughs> wow, that sounds like torture, man. Had its pros and cons, but if you actually, but when you're getting older and you start wanting to like hang out with friends and stuff, and you had to go to church, yeah, that was probably that's when it got rough. Yeah, yeah. You know, when I grew up, I just you know Sunday. You stood in these damn walls. <laughs> no, I mean when I was a kid, like there was Sundays. Sundays I went to church, and then that was it. That's as far like as normal people. But yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Like yeah. I'm, I'm not running the streets, being like being some crazy hoodlum or some. So some good came out of it. Mm-hmm. You shut your face. I saw that <laughs> goddamn. <laughs> but wow. Okay. Let's get back so, to the movie. <laughs> yeah. So that was a quick aside. Uh, <laughs> sorry, people. But um. But yeah. Um. Uh. The movie Us. Like the title was is was actually perfect because Us really speaks to how the tethered and the actual regular humans were not, really not so different. No. I saw. I got like a sense of. And Charlamagne said this on the Brilliant Idiots and. I was looking for it, but I didn't see it at first until like further discussion. I'm like, it, it showed classism. That's like a real word. Like, yeah, we're like us, quote unquote, normal people mm-hmm. who live above ground. We're you know the high class citizens, the upscale, and then the tethered are pretty much like the. Uh, how can I say this without sounding like a douchebag? The low income. Yeah. People that Trump's people look down upon. Yeah, like like your your basic you know, lower class, lower, lower, lower class, class like trash, hoodlum, ghetto, trailer park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No offense, we're, we're just, just it, we're, we're, yeah, we could not find no <laughs> positive words. <laughs> yeah, ba- basically, basically what we call them, like they're like them, those people, basically. Yeah. You need to be humble. <laughs> well, oh, no, no, no. I, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, like, like that's what other people would call it, it, them. Yeah, but we could sound so. We sound so bad. Right I, there. I, I know, but but people know. People know what we mean. I know, you know, I know, I know. But but yeah, but yeah. To your point, it's like, um, and, and, and it kind of speaks to like that one moment where, 
where the tethered, where Red and her and her doppelganger family, they come, they 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 come, they come into the house like they break in. It's like really, it's a really scary moment. And then and then Adelaide's like, "Who are you?" And then Red goes, "We're Americans." And and then you see you see what they mean because it's like when you think about it. When you, because when you think about like the the ultimate twist of the movie, where it turns out that that when Adelaide was a kid, when she went into the fun house, and then that and then Red, she saw Red, her clone. It turns out that they Adelaide switched. didn't run. She's they switched. Like Red, Red actually kidnapped her, chained her up to her bed in the where the where all the tethered lived, took her shirt, went right back up to the surface, and the parents didn't even know the switch. Yeah, and that showed that like even though she was tethered. Like any, and she didn't quote unquote. So she wasn't supposed supposed to have, like have a soul because that's what the tethered because the yeah. government they were like government experiments and the government abandoned them because they didn't have a soul. So they didn't they couldn't like p- properly perfectly replicate regular humans. But the fact that the fact that Red was the actual character we've been following throughout the whole film that we thought was Adelaide, it showed that when you take somebody from that environment or in, or, or like in real life, or a real life example, like to the so-called ghetto, or like the so-called lower income neighborhoods, mm-hmm. if you give them that opportunity to actually succeed and actually make something of themselves, you wouldn't know the difference unless they said something. Right. And, and it showed that, and it, and it kind of showed that, you know, the the tethered and 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 us we weren't so we're not really so different we're we're pretty interlinked hence the word tethered we're our fates are intertwined but at the same time it all it also makes me think about one thing it's like it's like yeah it it was horrible that that Adelaide grew up in in the where the, in underground and became part of the tethered but I think that maybe maybe it was because of the fact that she came from above ground our yeah. world that she was able to more or less adapt and become a leader. Just showing that you can be rich and whatever and all of that can get taken away just like that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like here today, here today, gone, gone tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. And and the fact that like and the fact like 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 you, you watch the tether, they're like, like anytime like anytime somebody like above ground like does something like a regular action, like the like you know, like going to the store, or like playing a game or whatever, the tether would kind of like try to mimic their actions, yeah. but without any real understanding of what they're doing, and and it's like they're just like literally going through life zombie like, and they only have like these raw live rabbits for food, and then you have you have Red, who actually came from above ground and grew up grew up on the ground, and she's actually showing them that there's a better way. So it's like maybe part of part of them is like, huh, maybe. Maybe there's more to life than just being a zombie. Maybe we can do something more. Um, but but it's like revolution came. <laughs> yeah, it's like the revolution came. And and there was another there was another a really cool like uh visual metaphor too. Like cause you if you remember like where where Adelaide like goes goes down, goes uh down underground and she's taking that escalator down. Yeah. You notice that there's that's the only escalator we see. There's no escalator going up. So it's like so it's like for the tethered, if that was like their only entrance, they had to like kind of like literally they, like they had to struggle. Yeah, struggle they had to, to struggle to get Yeah. So I think that's kind of a metaphor too. It's like so even when you're trying to move up, having an upward mobility. I never noticed that. Yeah. It's like you're walking a you're walking an escalator that's moving down and it's like you're wondering why you're you're not you're not advancing as fa- as fast as you should. Yeah. Now what did you think of the uh the Bible scripture that was showed a couple of times throughout them? Throughout the movie Jeremiah eleven eleven, 
Oh, yeah. I do have that up. Yep. That says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not be, I will not hearken unto them. I just read Jeremiah eleven eleven. May the Lord add a blessing to the reader of His word. <laughs> I'm a church boy. Church. Well, we had that, no, we really had to say every time we read a scripture, we always had to. We always had to say that. Oh yeah, now I remember. Yeah, yeah, you did have to say that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that kind of that 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 was a really apt uh, Bible verse too, because it also made me think of um, there was one line from uh, the movie Watchmen uh, with Rorschach, and it was also in the in the trailers for Watchmen where he, where he goes. The world will look up and shout, save us, and I'll whisper, no. Wait, Watchmen as in Zack Snyder, DC Watcher? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, that because like from the, I remember the, the trailer really well, and that was a line from it. And that kind of, that kind of, uh, it's kind of similar to Jeremiah eleven eleven. So it's like, it, it kind of makes it sound, it, it, it kind of sounds like, well, the chickens are coming home to roost, like for the, like for the normal people, quote unquote. Um, they're living, you know, they're living their lives, especially if they're like, you know, upper class or middle class or upper middle class or whatever, but they're living at the expense of those who they think they're better than, who they think that they're, you know, they're, they're making the right moves and those people over there, oh, well, it's their choice to be poor or it's their choice to go to, go to, you know, dysfunctional schools. It's their Uh, choice to blah, blah, blah. Us being the quote unquote rich people are living off. The tether, their yep. the, their hard work. Mm-hmm. That's double oh shit. Yeah, there's the class. Yeah, there's the classism. Yeah, like for example, classism. yep, like you like you go to a, like you go to a restaurant, like you know, wait, uh, like a waiter or a waitress. They're they're grinding. They're trying to make some make some money, and you think that oh well, I would never work in fast food. I'll never work, you know, for tips or in all this. And it's like, well, if 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 the chips are down, shoot, you you ain't gonna be picky. <laughs> You know, you know when when those when those so-called sweet paychecks ain't coming through no more, and then what you gonna do then? You know, and change (laughs) message. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's a lot of those in this movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, and also too, like, what did you think of like how, like how um Adelaide reacted like that one scene where where the where the the tethered daughter like she's like she's like chasing them all like on the when they were trying to escape in the jeep yeah. and then she like she dies where she like gets like thrown from the jeep and she like gets like caught up in the tree and where and where adelaide kind of kind of tries to console her or something what do you what do you think about that moment? she is like that's what i think that was kind of like your first hint mm-hmm. just a slight hint that damn maybe she could be tethered or tethered because mm. it's like she kind of feels for him yeah so it's like she kind of knows she kind of was able to relate. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's something that I'm just now realizing after because a lot of I'm piggybacking from, or I'm freestyling this year. I'm piggybacking from all your copious notes that you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I uh, it was, it was confusing. I'm like, yo, just stab her. She tried to kill your daughter. You're thinking like as a parent, yo, anybody tries to kill my daughter, I'm, just, I'm gonna stab the fuck out of her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm just like, why haven't you done it yet? Yeah. Just, Something there. Something ain't right. Yeah, that, and then like it was followed up with another moment where, um, where uh, the uh, tethered, where the uh, tethered Jason, where they call Pluto, 
like the the kid who was like kind of acting like a dog he had like the burned face and the face mask yeah like the part where they come where they come across the burning car and then when um when the real son like he plays a mirror game where like he opens his hand he outstretches his hands and he walks backwards yeah and then um pluto walks into the flames and stuff. yeah and then and then adelaide like she's like screaming, no no like she's like mourning yeah. this 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 kid's loss this kid's death and it's like it's like because it's like part of her because it kind of shows like looking back on it now it's like oh okay so it's like this tethered this tethered red or who we think of as adelaide she's seeing she's seeing her family the family that she that she more or less abandoned yeah like she's like she's watching her kids like kind of well die right before her eyes like oh man like like it or not they're a part of me and like i could have given them the opportunities i had but man like but it's like a zero-sum game it's like oh i got this i got my other family so it's like it's like she's kind of wrestling with the fact that yeah a, a literal piece of her pieces of her are dying but she still has to keep the keeper cover yeah yeah it was it was pretty deep it's like man. It, it, it gets that way that you know that kid jason was funny too he's like kiss my anus he's like whoa, whoa <laughs> i preferred you actually swear <laughs> I, oh yeah <laughs> And that's one thing I like about Jordan Peele's movies too is like there's still like humor, yeah, in his in his horror movies. Mm-hmm. Like most of the time, horror movies are like just serious, but yeah, you still you still walk away like with some laughter, like in Get Out, mm-hmm. Little Red Howry. Oh yeah, dude had me dying throughout that entire movie. Oh yeah, especially the the phone call where he talks about Jeffrey Dahmer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then Winston Duke had me dying too. Like he was just like one of those corny ass fathers that just yeah, yeah. It was like he's just a dead regular dude. He had the Howard sweat sweater and everything. He, he reminds me of Sterling K. Brown's character, and this is a he was Randall Pearson, just oh, okay. big and diesel, which both of them just happened to be in Black Panther. That's right. Yeah. And then well, oh, and then freaking when um. Abraham, his uh, um, Winston Duke's uh, tethered version of himself. Yep. He couldn't speak. Yeah. He just goes, oh. Mm-hmm. And what did every most of the people said in our said in our theater? Yep. Baku. Baku. Yep. <laughs> and then the Fortnite tweet, who's Black Panther? I'm like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, those kids. I bet. <laughs> Fuck them kids. <laughs> I, I was Bernie Mac that night. Yeah, man. But yeah, that that was those were some tense scenes between Winston Duke's character uh, Gabe and uh, Abraham is tethered, especially yeah. the fight on the boat. Oh, yeah. Man, the like the way the way like he knocked him over and then like he resurfaced for for a quick second. I'm like, you knew something was gonna happen because when they was at the beach and he was talking to his friend saying, "Oh, when he was talking to Josh mm-hmm. about, oh yeah, I just got this. Okay, well, did you get this for the boat? No." Did you get that? Wait, well, yes. Did you get this? Yeah. Did you get this? Yeah. Did you get the flare gun? Mm-hmm. No. And I'm just like, there's gonna be something like this. I'm gonna keep an eye out for that flare gun. Yeah. Yep. Man, it came into play, but well. but he could have used that flare gun when he was on his own boat. That's true. That's what I'm like. Yo, this dude should have had. Now I'm really watching. It's like he should have had his flare gun. Mm. Yep. Yeah. And that, and that's and speaking and speaking of which, that other family, uh, the white family played by Elizabeth Moss and Tim Heidecker. Right. Yo, Elizabeth Moss is uh her tethered. Jesus. Like that She was that was creepy. Yeah, that one scene where she saw um her, her tethered husband uh, get killed. 
And then you saw it was like a completely silent shot. You saw her like from outside of a window, and she's like, she's crying. She's crying, and then it turns into like a sick Joker smile. Yeah, she's like, (laughs) I'm like, holy shit! Like, like, are you sure? Are you sure she couldn't have played Harley Quinn? (laughs) I could see her as Harley Quinn. It's just that um, I'm forgetting her name. Uh, Margot Robbie. Margot. Yeah, I knew it was Margot something. Yeah, Yeah. she owns that role. She does. Yeah, hopefully she'll she'll be in better movies, especially with uh, um, James Gunn doing Suicide Squad too. The Suicide Squad is going to be a complete reboot. Oh, nice! Oh, that's right. Like, um, what's his face? Wait, Idris Elba. Idris Elba has done. He's done in the MCU, so might as well just make the jump. Yeah, yeah. And plus, you know, James Gunn did need to give. He needs to help DC get make more good movies. So, you know, right now DC's has two with Wonder Woman and Aquaman. Hopefully, Shazam. Possibly. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, that was terrifying. Like the whole the whole sequence where um, Elizabeth Moss and her family like they're killed off, and the tether and their tether versions of them are just like, like like they had the that Alexa knockoff. It's like yeah, she's did. like when she when when the real oh, Elizabeth the name of it. Oh, oh, it's like Ophelia, something like that. I think it was Ophelia. Yeah, Ophelia, uh, call police, and then all of a sudden, plane, plane. Fuck the police by NWA. <laughs> Fuck the police from the straight out the underground. I'm like, yeah, it's Jordan Peele. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man. Uh, yeah, so so even in that terrifying moment, there was still some humor. You just busted out laughing, and it was partly out of nervousness, too. But, man, yeah, like, so, yeah, like, the, the tethered and, like, the whole themes of privilege with, like, the Red and Adelaide uh it it really it really made you think uh, a lot as well um also also like there was there was another hands across america yeah hands across america yeah that yeah like uh, i i actually never heard about that until i saw the film i remember hearing about it like a long time ago obviously it happened in 1986 and yeah. i was obviously too young to remember it mm-hmm. <laughs> i was only yeah. 2 but yeah, so like Hands Across America, like uh, it was a it was a real life 1986 charity event in which uh, people donated donated ten dollars and to join this uh, human chain, so they locked arms or they locked hands, and it was just a group of people who would stand outside for 15 minutes, and the line which people would join either either arm by arm or hand by hand, the line would stretch from the west coast to the east coast of America, and um, did that even succeed? In a way, in a way, it did. Like it was supposed to, like the the this this whole human this nationwide human chain was supposed to, like uh, like like fight homelessness and hunger to like put an end to it, and the and the event actually raised thirty four million dollars, but the problem was like the the whole that whole thing ended up being ended up coming off as a pu- big publicity stunt because half of that half of that money or half that money went to so 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 called overhead fees. And then, like, less than half of the money actually went to like homeless charities and shelters, and so, and so, like the so like it was pretty much like, like a, a nationwide empty gesture, if anything. And in fact, uh, Jordan Peele had an, had an interview with Ebony magazine, and he said he was talking about Hands Across America in the movie. He goes, and Jordan Peele said, uh, uh, "quote uh, Hands Across America was a demonstration that holds the duality of America in it perfectly symbolically for me." This hope, if we hold our hands, will cure homelessness, will cure hunger. It was it was well intended, 
But was that a solution or was that a way of not actually dealing with it? So, so when you think about that, like, is it a way of not dealing with the tethered, the well, lower class citizens? Like, well, like maybe, maybe, or donating to, like, you know, just say, here's like a dollar. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, like to these people now leave me alone yeah something like that yeah like a like a big empty gesture like oh I, I participated in this movement I did my part to fight hopelessness homelessness and hunger well not really <laughs> um did you volunteer at a shelter did you donate some money directly to a shelter or or an agency did you actually talk to somebody um but I, I will say like in in the context of the movie, the, when 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 it ends with that 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 shot of like all the tether joining hands, yeah. and I think it's a case where like to to Jordan Peele's quote like hands across America was that a solution or was that a way of not actually dealing with the problem of homelessness for the tethered? Maybe it's their way of not actually dealing with how to I guess how to live in how to live how to coexist on an equal plane with regular folks. Yeah. So it was cause, cause it was like a very, very much like a zero sum game. Like the tether were like, we're taking over and we're going to, we're going to, ki- we're going to kill you. Every, everybody, you know, we're going to destroy your shit and we're going to take over, take this over. But, and they're holding hands, but it's like, they're not really dealing with the problem in a sense of actually fighting equality because it's like, they just replaced one evil with another. another. And it's like, now that they've killed pretty much everybody, it seems are, they, are is there is their version of society going to be any better above ground? Might be worse. Might be, might they might come up with different ideas or definitions of good. I don't know, but it doesn't really solve the actual issue of actually co- having to coexist with people. They treat it, just it like kind of creates another problem. Yeah. So like you you replaced one one bad reality with a worse reality. Yeah. Yeah. So the hands across America kind of symbolizes that. Like it was an empty gesture that, that that didn't really solve a problem, and with and with the tethered, it's like it just created a way worse problem. I'm actually trying to look up um, the homeless guy who had the Jeremiah eleven eleven sign. Yeah, and I'm just trying to figure out like was he like the, supposed to be? I guess the leader of the whole thing. Um, that's I, what I got out of it. At first, I thought something similar, like maybe like he was like maybe like a herald, like somebody like somebody like uh, kind of like oh I'm here to wait to await the, our leaders. I'm gonna like pave the way, or like maybe like maybe he kind of like jumped the gun. Maybe he thought that the revolution was gonna happen right there, like the people were gonna start joining their hands right there. But he just like took his spot in line, I suppose. Yeah. So I think maybe that was it. But I kind of looked at him as like a herald, like he's waiting for the leadership to come. Like a sign of things to come. Yeah, because I, I couldn't get because like I he was there he was noticed but it's like, okay, what's his what was his like sole purpose? Because he appeared probably about a good four times in some pretty symbolic p- parts of the movie. Yeah. So it just and I just couldn't. It was something I couldn't I couldn't figure out. Yeah. Yeah, and, and not to mention like, um, did he, did his tethered version find his way like? Uh, out of above ground too, probably. Had to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody else did. Yeah. Yeah. So like, 
Yeah, that's that. That was that was real interesting. Or maybe, or may, or maybe he was killed by his tether and it just took his place because he had blood in his hands. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, and that—that's what I love. This it leaves you thinking. It leaves you have. And it's creating this dialogue. Look at this. We both don't know. Yeah, we are taking our theories together and trying to figure out something. Yeah, uh, something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 like it's it's like a it's like a huge like mystery like a puzzle like you're just trying it's just creating dialogue so it's not really about like solving the movie but it's just like just coming up with different theories different ideas having in an attempt it's an attempt to solve it like like an attempt but more but more broadly to kind of think about the themes and the questions it's raising yeah yeah and like man there's just there's just so much to unpack like 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 i said i've only i've only been able to watch the movie once but i'm gonna definitely watch it again Add it to your collection. Oh, it's it's going in the collection along with Get Out, like Steelbook packaging. Um, maybe if if, if the Steelbook comes out right away, because like I, I I got Get Out when the first week it came out on Blu-ray, and there was no Steelbook to be had, unfortunately. Nice reserves, putting on reserve, making reservations, possibly pre-orders. Well, well, the Steelbooks were still well, the Steelbook Steelbook editions didn't exist when when the movie came out. On Blu-ray, but now there's still books available. Still books available. Uh, well, there was from Best Buy. It was like last November, but I was like, eh, well, I already have the movie, and you know, um, you just didn't have the money at the time. Be real. That too. <laughs> just be real with it. Be real with it. We grown. We broke. Yeah. <laughs> the hell. I'm broke, son. I'm broke. <laughs> oh man, but man. Yeah. Anything else? Any other thoughts about us? Uh, I don't know. I really would have to watch this movie again because uh, it's like they, just to like get things that I missed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, s- same deal. Like definitely like, worth it though. Oh yeah, absolutely worth it. Um, I think it's the most successful horror movie debut uh, ever. Um, I think I, I, I saw I saw some headline like that. Um. I love the fact that Lupita Nyong'o is is just fantastic in it. Um, she's definitely gonna get some awards recognition for her performance. Because, I hope so. Yeah, she's great. Um, Winston Duke, a uh, uh, cool actor. Hopefully, we'll see him in more stuff. Oh yeah, there's a video on YouTube. Uh, Winston Duke reads thirst tweets. Thirst tweets. Yeah. What is about? What's that about? He's just reading thirst tweets from women. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. That's real. That's real. <laughs> Apparently, like love him. Not him, Baku. Was he in anything before that? Uh, yeah. Let's look, let's look up. Let's look up Winston Duke's filmography. All right, here we. Go. He must have been in like some like like short, uh, bit parts. Uh, on TV, he did an episode of Law and Order. Um, he was in seven episodes of uh, Person of Interest. Okay. Um, three episodes of The Messengers. Um, an episode of Major Crimes. Mm-hmm. He did it. He did three episodes of Modern Family that I just happened to catch. I just happened to catch like before while I was waiting for waiting for Raw. Modern Family was on before it. I just happened to catch him right then and there. Oh wow! Okay. Like that wasn't do. <laughs> Lo and behold, it was. But as far as like movies, Black Panther was his first one. Wow. Black Panther, Infinity War, Us, Endgame, and then he's going to be in Wonderland, which is in post-production. Okay. Also, uh, 
a fun fact, uh, Lupita Nyong'o and Winston Duke, they were actually classmates at Yale. Really? Yeah. Yeah, same drama school, I think. Damn, small world. Yeah. Hey, that's what's up. Um, but yeah, man, us it's it's a phenomenal uh film, a phenomenal horror film. Uh Jordan Peele is definitely one of the uh, most creative filmmakers working today. Um I've seen I've seen a lot off of two movies. Yeah, off the strength of two movies, man. I cannot wait to see what he does for his third feature. I hope he, him, and Kiki Michael Key can link up and do something something cool together. You liked again. Keanu, didn't you? Keanu was funny. <laughs> I I really liked Keanu. You know, it's crazy. I didn't. Really, I really didn't like Key and Peele like that. No, they had a couple of hits, but it's like Key and Peele really didn't like. Yeah, I don't know, it just didn't really reach out to me and stuff. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. You know, I I, I love the East West Bowls skits though. Oh yeah, um, Hingle McCringleberry, <laughs> the artist formerly known as Mousecott, <laughs> Javarius Javar, Javaris and Lamar, <laughs> <laughs> Dan Smith, BYU. <laughs> you never seen the rap version, huh? Oh, the rap version? No, I've never seen it. You never seen the rap version? No. Dan Smith, top five dead or alive. I'm gonna say that right now. Okay. I'm going to show you as soon as we're done. <laughs> All right. I'm going to have to see that. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oh, and John Haponic just chimed in. He says uh, J- uh, Jordan Peele wants to direct a live-action Gargoyles, rumored. I think I heard something about I heard they want him to do Akira. I heard about. I heard that, too, yeah. Uh, Akira does not deserve a live-action adaptation. Don't. Uh, no. it's, yeah. a, it's an anime classic that just deserves to be left alone. Yeah. Just yeah. like Ghost in the Shell, and you see what happened. Well, I mean, I've heard some people in, uh, thought it was okay. But. Yeah, like visually it looks great, at least. But it's not something that I'd watch. But yeah, uh, but yeah, that was our discussion uh, of the movie Us. Uh, let us know what you th- think in the comments below, as well as an email, uh, Codex Prime Podcast at Gmail dot com. And speaking of emails, we do have one from our resident super super villain John Haponic slash friend of the show. His review of Captain Marvel. Oh, uh, subject line reads: Did I just watch Thor two again? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Here's my Captain Marvel review. Awful. So undeniably terrible. I nearly fell asleep at one point. It was on par with Thor 2, Iron Man 2, and Avengers Age of Ultron all over again. I'm not sure anything can be worse than Thor 2, but Captain Marvel undoubtedly gave it a good run. I regret not watching your spoiler-filled podcast episode because it would have saved me the headache of watching this film. Brie Larson is no Gal Gadot. There, was, there wasn't much to like about her character at all. Also, don't expect an Oscar for best makeup for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> He's holding on to that. <laughs> he really is. Uh, perhaps the, the defining moment of the film, other than the lack of definition or limits for her powers, was her visit in Louisiana. Thankfully, I didn't fall asleep then. I was on the edge of my seat because of the following. Here's the time you hooked up with mom. Here's the time you passed out drunk in the bathtub. Here's the time you got a, got a colonoscopy. Here's the time you got audited and then gave a deposition. No kid knows that much about their aunt's life. Blockbuster? 90s music? A Nine Inch Nails t-shirt? Thanks for nothing. 
Codex Prime Shazam supervillain John Haponic. <laughs> well, uh, I expect it from him at this point. I mean, I mean, he he's not exactly wrong. Uh, I I mean, like I said, I thought Captain Marvel was just middle of the road. Oh, it is it definitely was, not. You know, going to. Yeah, it it wouldn't be in the top ten of Marvel no, Cinematic Universe films no, by any not means. At all. Um, I but, was gonna say top five, but okay, or even top five. But it's it's definitely not Batman versus Superman awful or Suicide Squad embarrassing. So, but yeah, it was still yeah. it was still kind of meh nonetheless. But yes, thank you for your review, John. And uh, yeah, we, do we got anything else? Question of the week. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting to question of the week right now. Um, actually, this one was actually pretty. Well, well received. Uh, last week's question of the week was, what was the most underrated game of the 2000s? Okay. Now, um, remember, I forgot the one that you said. Uh, um, you did too. Perfect. I know. I said X-Men Origins oh, Wolverine. You said, yeah. X-Men Origins Wolverine. Okami. Okami, yes. Yeah. And another one I actually thought about too uh, earlier today. Grind session for the PlayStation One. Okay, that was I had to have been like early two thousand because PlayStation Two came out in two thousand and one. Yeah, that was a highly underrated game. That was a fun game. Hmm. All right. So, John Aponic says, in comparison to Final Fantasy VII, I loved Final Fantasy Tactics. Great story and gameplay. Hmm. Yeah. Danny. Uh, Danny underscore four underscore Porto says the GameCube, no doubt, uh, best console in my opinion. A lot of people mistaken the the image for best game, well, underrated game console. Okay. So why not? Um, Cage nerd then he got confused by the game or gaming system, but never replied. Uh, the FM of of M FM of FM podcast, the Florida Men on Florida Man podcast. Okay, <laughs> easily. Chrono Trigger. Yes. That's a classic. A uh, friend of the show who needs to come back on for some video talk, video game talk, Kabir Lambo mm. says, Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time. Yes, absolutely agree. Um, Jabba Tears podcast, not sure which one was this one, but um, which member of the show it was. He says, The Getaway on PlayStation 2, on, play, on PS2, Viewful Joe. Nice. Uh, Devin Wade from the Party Nerds said Dreamcast. Mm-hmm. Random Rambles with Rob agree with him. Dreamcast indeed, but the vote for Xbox. Escape the Hype says GameCube. Mm-hmm. Eddie Road Dog said Time Splitters on PS2. I will sing that franchise's praises forever. <laughs> <laughs> the Comics Pals said Monster Rancher 3 and 4 on the PS2. And Grandmaster Facts from the Party Nerds as well said, "PS2 is only it's the only one I had till I tossed out tossed it out a window and said goodbye to video games for good." Mm. But my game was Second Sight. Oh, Second Sight was great. Yeah, that was a great game. So, this week's question of the week: Which comic book saga or story arc would you like to see become a movie? Okay. Doesn't matter if it's Marvel, DC, Image, Image, Dark Horse, mm-hmm. IDW, yep, Vertigo, Boom, <laughs> Dynamite. 
Uh, wow, that's a good question. Uh, a comic arc that should be a movie. Hmm. Well, let me see. So far, we we, we had Days of Future Past. We had the Dark Phoenix Saga. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we had bits of Guardian Devil. Um. Hmm. Obviously, yeah. it was Infinity Wars. Yeah. Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. Let, let, yeah. Let, let me let, let me let me take a moment to think think on this because that's that's a good question. Well, as a child of the '90s, I would have to go with the Onslaught series. Onslaught. Onslaught was so badass. Like that's actually gonna be like my next series of comics that I'm gonna be collecting. Oh, word. Like I got the list of every single Onslaught issue, mm. and I'm gonna get them. Like I need enough comic books. I spend way too much money on comics. <laughs> yeah, how many long boxes worth do you have? I collect them all in shoe boxes. Yeah, that's a lot. Must and it is a lot. <laughs> it, it really is. It's like a whole wall. No, it's not that much. <laughs> um Damn. I did get a tr- I get did get a short uh, like a short well, not a long box, but a short one mm-hmm. for just my trades and I already need another one. Wow. Hey man, they're like what ten bucks at Rockovos? Um, six. I wasn't able to get them at like for like three. Oh, nice, cool. Oh man, what arc should be uh, a a movie? What comic book arc should be a movie? Dang man, dang this this is this is actually hard because I got because I got to think about um, uh, what I've what I've read recently, uh, what's out there. Uh, oh, I, I know. Um, I would like to see a uh, an, an adaptation of uh, the New Fifty Two Batman with the whole Court of Owls storyline. That would be amazing. Like if done right, like because to to see the the Court of Owls like be featured in a live action Batman movie with the right director and and cast and and writer, not Zack Snyder. Um, because Batman does not kill people. I'm sorry, Zack Snyder, but that's the truth. Uh, yeah, to see the Court of Owls storyline, live action, that would be absolutely dope. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hopefully that'll be in our social medias within a day or two. I should start making the meme right now, so it won't take me forever to do so. Um, that's all I got. Anything else? Uh, well, uh, you can catch all of our episodes on YouTube Live as well as uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, leave us that five-star review, uh, Google Podcasts, Google Play. Um, Find us on yeah. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Yep. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we're pretty much everywhere. We're pretty much all there. Uh, also, um, be sure to leave your answer for question of the week. Um Tell a friend, spread the good word about our podcast, and email us about the email us about us. We would love to hear your thoughts, theories, and opinions about this movie. Yes, absolutely. Um, and also, uh, thank you so much for watching, and thank you for listening to our show. Casual Pluto just tuned in. Ah, uh, what's up, Jordan? <laughs> hey, man. Hey, welcome to the show. Um, Grand opening, grand closing, because we're about to wrap <laughs> up. Yeah, so be sure to get ready for, for some burials, because them UWO boys is coming up next. 
Yes. So um, so if you're on Facebook, uh, tune in to Facebook Live to catch the UWO, like around 10-ish around that time. We'll see. Yeah, 10, okay. 10, 15. Check, check, check between 10 and 10.30. They'll be on around that half hour. But yeah, check out their episode if you're a fan of Wrestling Talk, uh, Burials of the Week, um, uh, Too Much Embarrassing Thirst. But hey, not judging. Yellow Fever. <laughs> Hashtag Yellow Fever. On that note, we will catch you. <laughs> we will catch you on the. We will catch you on the flip. Thank you so much for watching, and as always, peace out, nerds.